He had come into the playroom to quieten her. His hand had gripped her arm, and softly, almost as though it was to be a secret between them, he had told her of the ice saints. He had said that because she had been naughty that night when it was dark, she would hear a scratching, then a tapping at her window, as the ice saints from over the moors came looking for her. Wicked children had to be taught a lesson, he said and so the ice saints would crawl out of their graves on the moors to punish her. The ground was hard under her feet as Freddy remembered the words and shuddered. Let me out. She stared at the earth and shook her head disbelievingly. Sleep, darling, sleep, she urged him. Sleep. Under the earth lay her husband far under, where the ice saints could never reach him and there he would lie, as she had last seen him, hands across his breast, a dark business suit replacing the finality of a shroud, Bart Wallace, an American born in New York, but laid to rest in Yorkshire, under a blackthorn sky. A sudden violent gust of wind pushed a scattering of snow over the grave, and for an instant there was a definite noise from below. Maybe the earth shifting, Freddy thought frantically, or maybe the sound of someone knocking and calling out to her. Stiff with horror, she stared at the interrupted earth. I know you're dead, she thought. I know. But what if he'd woken and was still angry, she thought suddenly. What if he was now clawing with blackened fingernails, breathless and frantic, to get out from under the packed earth? What if he wanted his revenge so urgently that he would come back from the dead to punish her? A thin moan escaped her lips as Freddy stepped back quickly, almost losing her footing as she stumbled across the graveyard to the waiting car. Urgently, she wrenched open the door and climbed in, only glancing back once as they drove through the cemetery gates. A circle of wreaths bordered her husband's grave, the red of the flowers bright like new blood, the leaves burned black with the frost. Surely so far beneath the earth he was safe, she thought desperately. So far below he must sleep and forget. Another thought followed on immediately. Maybe he would not sleep. Maybe instead he would be wakened by the sound of feet passing over, the heavy feet which came at night, making their way across his body and across the dark moors towards a light in a bedroom window. Let me out. For nearly a year after Bart's death, Freddy slept with a lamp on by her bed. Sometimes she slept, but at other times she would wake quickly, imagining the quick scratch of cold fingers on the window as the ice saints came for her. Part One By a route obscure and lonely, haunted by ill angels only. Dreamland, Edgar Allan Poe Chapter One Cambuscan, Tidale Brook, Yorkshire Over the crumpled copy of the Times a dragonfly passed, Iridescent winged it threw its shadow of the fading print before the quick sun forced it back into the shade. The newspaper lay open, half-read, and then dismissed, wedged under a porcelain cup and saucer the colour of winter skin. An inch of dark coffee cooled, the sunlight skimming around the cup's rim, an unused lump of brown sugar enticing a scavenging bee. Without moving, tucked in the house's shadow, a child watched silently. Her eyes, the colour of May lilac, 
followed the insects' movements as the bee hovered over the sugar, humming uncertainly. Carefully, the child copied the sound, the buzzing noise vibrating against her lips as she repeated in her head the words, I will not cry, I will not cry. The insect hummed in unison with her. The late spring sun clapped towards the child, looping over the grass towards her feet so that she drew her legs up towards her body to avoid it, her chin resting on her knees. The rabbit had been an Easter present, an early Easter bunny bought by her mother, a pink ribbon tied around its neck, an ideal gift for a seven-year-old girl. Freddy had been delighted with the animal, large and docile, not overtly affectionate but willing to be handled. She called it Mrs. Gilly, after the village postmistress, amused that the animal had the woman's same resigned look, and the two became inseparable. For days, Mrs.